holy cow, everything worked right. So let's just hope my my earpiece continues. All right, I'll know. It'll just turn off and I'll switch over to regular. So this is Granny D, Dorcas Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan. Happy, uh, or may I recognize all of you who had family who passed um, fighting for America. Yesterday was Memorial Day. It's interesting, in Ireland, they recognize November 11th more than they do. They don't have a Memorial Day. So when I grew up, I always recognized November 11th as a big day to recognize. Well, to remember, never again. Okay, so this is our weight management call for New Skin. Amazing products. There's TR90 and there's Body Burn 30. That's the food component, the component that makes your body healthy and well and retrains your body how to process food. It also gives you a, a system for eating. Um, one meal a day, two to three shakes, if you're two to three snacks, there's a whole system. But the part that is most interesting to me is the exercise part. And the exercise part is what makes everything work. And, of course, the whole point of everything working is getting your brain to work. So just know that a fifth of your blood is devoted to supplying the brain. That's how important it is. And if you spread and flatten out the cerebral cortex, which is what I'm going to start with today, it would be the size of a small tablecloth. And why is this the same? the cerebral cortex and why is the cerebrum the most important? Because that's where all the processing and that's where all the reasoning and thinking does goes on. And if you are exercising and moving, do you know that your brain works better, significantly better? And in fact, you can reduce a heart attack and or Alzheimer's by up to 57 to 60% just by moving. So if you want to keep yourself healthy, emotionally happy, and feeling good, move. All right. The cerebrum is the fourth region of the brain, and it's what most people think of when they, when they envision the brain. It lies in two hemispheres, left and right, connected connected by a band of tissue called the corpus callosum. Although they look alike, the two halves of the brain perform and control under very control very different functions. The left hemisphere has long been considered the dominant half because of its role in processing language, but the right hemisphere the Gestalt hemisphere is gaining new attention for its role in emotions and spatial cognition, as well as integrative functions that help bring about bring bits of information together. The cerebral cortex is the outermost brain layer, folded and wrinkled and resembling a squishy pink walnut. The cortex is home to the higher functions, reason creative thinking, and language that separate the human brain from those of other animals. The amount of neurolog neurological firepower necessary for such exploits is considerable. 
of human brain mass, 76% lies in the cerebral cortex, a greater percentage than, than, than in any other animal. And within the cortex lies 75% of all neural connections. The cerebral cortex processes information so that you may comprehend enough about the world to survive. Evolution and experience have molded the cortex's neural connections to favor sensory and cognitive functions that have proved successful over eons of human life. Anything that challenges your brain's time-tested circuitry, such as experiments as I'll be going through in this little wonderful little National Geographic, Your Brain, A Hundred Things You Never Knew, such as opens the window into hidden depths of self-knowledge. And now I'm going to go back to Brain Rules by John Medina, which I think is fascinating because the brain is so important. The first question that um, John Medina asks is, can you turn Jim into Frank? And I know I read this last week, but I'm going to read it again because I think it's really interesting. The, uh, the experiments that were done were rather like a makeover show. Researchers found a group of couch potatoes, measured their brain power, exercised them for a period of time, and then re-examined their brain power. They consistently found that when couch potatoes are enrolled in an aerobic exercise program, all kinds of mental abilities begin to come back. Positive results were observed after as little as four months of activity. So you have to do it for a while, but it works. And once you do it, and you do it every day, and you do that um, lifestyle change, you won't want to go back. It was the same story with school-age children. In one, this is why I like this one. In one recent study, children jogged for 30 minutes two to three times a week. After 12 weeks, their cognitive performance had improved significantly compared to pre-jogging levels. When the exercise program was withdrawn, the scores plummeted back to their pre-experiment levels, so you can't stop. Scientists had found a direct link. Within limits, it does appear that exercise can turn Jim into Frank, or at least turn Jim into a very much sharper version of himself. As the effects of exercise on cognition became increasingly obvious, scientists began fine-tuning their questions. One of the biggest, certainly one dearest to the couch potato cohort was... What type of exercise must you do and how much of it must be done to get the benefit? Medina has both good news and bad news. What's the bad news? Astonishingly, after years of investigation on aging populations, the answer to the question of how much is actually not much. That's the bad news. If all you do is walk several times a week, your brain will benefit. Even couch potatoes who fidget show increased benefit over those who do not fidget. The body seems to be clamoring to get back its, to its hyperactive Serengeti roots. Any nod towards this history 
be it ever so small, is met with a cognitive war whoop. In the laboratory, the gold standard appears to be aerobic exercise. 30 minutes at a clip, two to three times a week. Then add strengthening, add a strengthening regimen and you get even more cognitive benefit. Of course, individual results vary and no one should embark on a rigorous program without consulting a physician, a physician, a, a doctor. <laughs> Too much exercise and exhaustion can also hurt cognition. The data merely point to the fact that one should embark exercise as millions of years traipsing around the backwards tells, tells us is good for the brain. Just how good t took everyone by surprise as they answered the next question. Can exercise treat brain disorders? Well, given the robust effect of exercise on typical cognitive performance, researchers wanted to know if it could be used to treat atypical performance. What about diseases such as age-related dementia and, the more, and its more thoroughly investigated cousin Alzheimer's disease? What about affective disorders such as depression? Researchers looked at both prevention and intervention with experiments re reproduced all over the world, enrolling thousands of people, often studied for decades, the results are clear. Your lifetime risk for general dementia is literally cut in half if you participate in leisure time physical activity. Aerobic exercise seems to be the key. With Alzheimer's, the effect is even greater. Such exercise lowers your odds of getting the disease by more than 60%. Move, and you have a much less chance of getting Alzheimer's. Wow. Again, how much exercise? Well, a little goes a long way. The researcher shows that you have to participate in some sort of exercise just twice a week to get the benefit. Bump it up to a 20-minute walk each day, and you can cut your risk of having a stroke, one of the leading causes of mental disability in the, in the elderly, by 57%. <clears throat> so you can knock Alzheimer's out by 60% and a stroke by 57% just by walking every day. Get those steps in. The man most responsible for stimulating this line of inquiry did not start his his career wanting to be a scientist. He wanted to be an athletics coach. His name was Dr. Stephen Blair, and he looks uncannily like Jason Alexander, the actor who per, who portrayed George Costanza on the old TV sitcom Seinfeld. Old TV sitcom, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm aging myself. Blair was a coach in high school. Okay, Blair's coach in high school, sorry, was Gene Bissell, who once forfeited a football game after discovering that an official had missed a call. Even though the league office balked, Bissell insisted that his team be declared the loser. The young Stephen never forgot the incident. Blair writes that his devotion to truth inspired 
glares undying at admiration for rigorous, no-nonsense, no-nonsense statistical analysis of the epi, epi, oops, epidemiological work in which he eventually he eventually embarked. His seminal paper on fitness and mortality stands as a landmark example of how to do the work, how to to do work with integrity in this field. In fact, it should be in that way all the time. Truth matters. The rigor of his findings inspired other investigators. What about using exercise not only for prevention, they asked, but as intervention to treat mental disorders such as depression and anxiety? It turned out to be a good line of questioning. A growing body of work now suggests that physical activity can be can powerfully affect the course of both diseases, depression and anxiety. We think of it because exercise, re- we think it's because exercise regulates the re- release of three neurotransmitter, neurotransmitters most commonly associated with the maintenance of mental health, serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. Epinephrine, and I said it right, I had to break it down. Although exercise cannot substitute for psychiatric treatment, the role of ex the role of exercise on mood is so pronounced that many psychiatrists have begun adding a regimen of physical activity to the normal course of therapy. But in one experiment with depressed individuals, rigorous exercise was actually substituted for antidepressant medication. Even when compared against medicated controls, the treatment outcomes were astonishingly successful for for, for both depression and, and anxiety. Exercise is beneficial immediately and over the long term. It is equally effective for men and women, and the longer the program is deployed, the greater the effect becomes. It is especially helpful for severe cases and for older people. Most of the data that has been we have been discover, discussing is concerns elderly populations. And next time, I'm going to go into the next question. Are cognitive blessings, are the cognitive blessings of exercise only for the elderly? And you know what the answer is, no. The younger you start, the better the brain power. The faster you can think, the faster you can, re- you can solve, and the faster you can just cope with life. And so if you haven't gotten the idea, get those grandkiddos, get your kids moving, get them going, take them for a walk every day. I had no idea when I was going to boarding school in Glengara School for Girls 50 years ago that our daily walk would have such an impact on my life. We walked in two straight lines and we walked all around the town. And that is where I got my love of walking, and I now walk every day I can. And there you have it. This is Granny D, Dorcas Smith, out of Plymouth, Michigan. And, ta-da, my earpiece lasted, although it did tell me halfway through that it needed, that it was running out of power. But we made it. All right, let's 
take this back so you can all say goodbye to each other and get ready for One Team Global at 10 o'clock. There we are, and I'm not going to take down the... Um, recording. <laughs> recording, that's it. Thank you for the thank you for securing me. God bless you. And I hope that you found all the stuff about the brain stimulating this morning. Absolutely. Um, it was, but it did tweak a memory of reading the book Madeline to my girls at night. Oh yes. That it just thank you. Wonderful. Memory. I want you to know that when I was little and I had read Madeline, because I went to boarding school. I started at eight, and I was in boarding school for two years, and then I became a day student. In two straight lines, <laughs> we walked, and it's a lovely memory, and I love walking. And I I think now, you know, when we we came out of the gates of the school, shall we go straight? Shall we go right? Shall we go left? Because we were on a... We had four ways to go, although I think my favorite was always to go down to the water. The school was at the top of a hill, and at the bottom of the hill was the ocean, the Irish Sea. So it's a lovely memory. That's a great picture, Dorcas. I think so, too. And actually, at the bottom of the hill was the town swimming pool, which is now being completely gutted and they're making a fabulous new complex there. And since I've been in touch with all my Glengara girls, they're known as the Gaga girls, um, we, I have a number of women who live there, and we get regular photographs of the construction. And I can't wait to go back in maybe two or three or four years and see it all finished and maybe even go and swim there again. It'll be a lovely memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to make a and comment on the exercise when when um, I love exercising once I get started, but I do not want to do it. You know, I have I'll put it off and have all kinds of excuses, and I cannot figure out why that is. What? Um, what why probably because it's uncom it's uncomfortable for you, probably. Well, even, you know, through life, um, once you get into an activity, you just don't want to stop. But getting into it, it's like dragging feet or you just don't really want to. And I thought, what, what is it in us that, that makes that decision to switch over? You know, turn on the brain or turn on your body or have the desire to want to exercise. <clears throat> I think it might be that you're uncomfortable. That's why I started. I was not well and I was not comfortable. And I went, I've got to do something about this. And then I discovered John Rady's book um, that got me moving. And ever since then, I have been moving. And that was the first one I read was Spark. And actually, Spark is very much directed towards children and educators because if you move and you get, like, I think it came out a large part because a lot of schools were closing their phys ed programs 
And what Spark, basically, what Radies is saying in Spark is don't, because your academic performance goes up, your emotional health goes up, there is less conflict in your school, and kids who move are smarter. Yeah. And when they stop moving, they are not smarter. <laughs> Even just growing up, I felt the same way. It's just like, oh, it's like, oh, I don't. You think about it, and it's like, oh, yeah. And you find other excuses, other things to do. And just now, it was in grade school or high school, and but once you're into them and get into it, like there was a schedule class, you know, you just had a ball and just didn't want to quit. But I don't know that transition. What what's in the body that triggers that um, thinking? I think so. And what he said was what Medina talked about today was the fact that can you turn Joe into Frank? Not at first. And it took about four months, but once it started and once you start to feel the results, I think that's when you start to realize that you want to keep struggling to keep doing it. Because I'll tell you, I don't want to go back to the way I was. And I can remember not being able to process, not being able to remember. And now my brain is so much better. And I honestly think that even with my family history of Alzheimer's, I'm not worried about it anymore. That's great. So struggle on. It may not be easy, but don't give up. Right. Struggling is like so, the worm into the cocoon, into the butterfly. It's the, it's kind <laughs> that's of, it. Uh, All right, everybody. Tomorrow is Kathy. CJ, she'll be, you know she will have all kinds of interesting information to share with you this week. I thank you. Oh, and I actually we're changing the schedule a little bit because then it is um, Susan Mann on Thursday and Victoria is going to, and I love telling you all this, Victoria is going to do another meditation <laughs> session with us. So get ready for Friday also. So we have a great week, a great lineup this week, and I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. So have a great day, everybody, and talk to you tomorrow. Mwah. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> I, I call bye. It. Bye. Bye bye. Thank, Thank you. you.